listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode recording this on a Sunday evening. Uh, only 12 days away from the return of NBA basketball. Of course, we got you covered here on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe. You can check us out iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, and the entire crew keeping you updated on silverscreenandroll.com. Joining me, my regular co-host, back with me on this Sunday, all the way from Texas, Anthony Irwin. What's going on, my man? Just another day. This is the last show that you and I are supposed, you know, are, are scheduled to record before we actually get basketball back to talk about. So that's kind of exciting. That is exciting, except for all these. I'm not going to use the word, but these people out there who aren't wearing masks, it doesn't seem like we're going to get to do anything else other than watch basketball. So I can't complain. I actually, one thing I am excited about for the for the uh, schedule is like, you know, when the World Cup is on, uh, World Cup of Soccer, you got games going all day. You know what I mean? The Olympics, yeah. um, those two weeks that, that you go through, two and a half weeks of, all right, I can just turn the TV on and, and there's some sport on. I, I love the fact that we're going to get games basically from like 9.30 Pacific time all the way through the evening. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, the World Cup was great because it used to give me back, I remember when I was in college, there was a, there was one of the World Cups uh, was taking place and it was like perfectly timed. So uh, the first, or, you know, you'd have, you know, evening games held at like nine in the morning. So it gave me an excuse back when I was like 21 years old and it gave bars an excuse to just open up and sell beer at nine in the morning. And it was yeah, great. Yeah. I would go there, watch a soccer game, have a beer, go to class, come out. Uh, you know, there might be another game on. So I would have another beer, go to class again, come out and then spend the rest of the evening, you know, watching whatever sports, the, whatever local sports were were being held in the States. And it's just. Gosh, what a sim- <laughs> what a simpler time. The, the the things that I used to look forward to when I was in college. Oh, it's hilarious, man. I was I was actually thinking that yesterday too. I'm like, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, holy, it's July, like the middle of July. It's been seven, almost six and a half months we've gotten through it, and it just feels like it's been ten years. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> like what? This is so crazy that that this has all happened this year, and 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 again, it, it's I guess everybody in the world is kind of dealing with it. Uh, one way or another. Let's jump into this because the news came out today. I'm going to call him an idiot because that's what he is for his comments. But Dwight Howard uh, basically coming out today, he was doing an Instagram live. Um, just going to read some quotes here. And this is from uh, Scoop B on, uh, on Twitter from uh, his personal Twitter account, at Scoop B. Um, Dwight Howard on vac- says he doesn't believe in vaccinations. That's my personal opinion, but I don't. On masks, I don't know the coronavirus be flying through the air looking for people. Okay, it's an airborne or sorry, uh, airborne and whatever it is it's passed on like that that science has shown that as well that if it's lingering in the air that's exactly what it does dwight uh if i'm alone i don't need to wear a mask it's just like riding around in your car and uh one more i understand there always has to has some kind of controversy somewhere it's just some clickbait so basically this jackass has going against everything we've heard and and mentions that he doesn't believe in vaccinations obviously we're hoping for a covid19 vaccinations sooner than later but what do you what did you make of all this and did it kind of make you turn off of Dwight Howard almost little. So right now we've seen this like random trend of especially NBA players saying, you know, with, with Steven Jackson and Dwayne Wade, Steven Jackson actually said anti-Semitic stuff. Dwayne Wade showed support for Nick Cannon after he said some anti-Semitic stuff. Uh, And then now you have Dwight Howard coming out against science. And, you know, these are people with, 
millions of, you know, Instagram followers or Twitter followers, a whole bunch of people who are going to take what they say seriously. And when they say a bunch of dumb shit, like a lot of people are going to echo that dumb stuff. So I, I just pulled up uh, Silver Screen and Roll. We, we wrote about it, right? Or I, I forget. I forget which writer um, wrote about it. But we tweeted out, well, he almost made it the whole season before doing something disappointing, right? And that's about Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm just going to read through some replies. So uh, this is from Flex569, a bunch of numbers. He can't give his opinion. Why do athletes always have to agree with everything you do? Uh, another person writes in, who cares? F word. Uh, if th- Then there's a, uh, you know, how about you just let people think what they want to? Uh, they There's another, you know, uh, there's another one here. There's like 35 different replies. And, and more than half of them are a whole bunch of people who are essentially agreeing with Dwight Howard or, or, or defending his right to say a bunch of dumb stuff because of the first amendment and you know the, the first amendment yes it, it it enables you to say what you want but it doesn't protect you from consequences after saying a bunch of dumb stuff and you know in the case of stephen jackson in the case of Dwayne wade what they said was bigoted you know there are there are rules especially in online communities against saying bigoted stuff and in dwight howard's case he's coming out against science at a time where so many people denying science has put America, you know, fighting with one hand tied behind its back against a global pandemic, right? And it has led to America handling this thing worse than any other first world country in the world by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, the, the thing that I kind of came back to here with Dwight saying what he says is you are allowed to hold whatever opinion that you want. You can sit out some some topics if it comes down to it if you're asked a direct question uh as dwight was then you know you're allowed to i i I know earlier in the week he was caught not wearing a mask and he used brianna taylor's murder as like a deflection point to to take away from his own stupidity in the bubble and you know like my, my 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 thing here is dwight you have had an incredible season to this point. You have done a lot of good work off the court as well, right? With with standing up for societal issues. But on this one, either sit it out or educate yourself. And we keep on saying, like, I hope so-and-so, edu- I hope Steven Jackson educates himself. I hope Dwayne Wade educates himself. I hope Dwight Howard educates. We haven't seen any evidence of any of those guys actually going, you know, taking that step to educate themselves on the danger associated with the various stupid things that they're saying. And while we can hope and while we can be optimistic that maybe somebody is just misinformed or that they are ignorant or undereducated or whatever on 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 whatever specific topic, there's enough evidence out there to say that, you know, to to back up science. It's effing science. It's not it's not like difficult to find the pros to vaccination when when steven jackson and Dwayne wade came out against jewish people there's a ton of information out there about the holocaust and about the pain and the suffering that that the jewish community has gone through for millennia and and you know while we can say well maybe they are maybe they're misinformed maybe they're oblivious maybe they're this maybe they're that like at some point we actually got to say no this is just dumb this is just stupid and this is just hurting the conversation about these various topics. And and in this case, Dwight, like I, frankly, I don't need to hear him talk on any other subject from this point on. He's already insulted Breonna Taylor's 
murder by saying using that as an excuse as to why people shouldn't care about him wearing a mask. And now he's coming out against science at a time where we desperately need a vaccination against COVID. So just shut up, man. Just just go away for a while. Play, you know, if even if it isn't like even if it's like leaving the bubble or whatever. I just don't really need to hear from Dwight for a while. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And I think that's where it's disappointing. I think that's the thing. And and for me, okay, you know, March, middle of March, when this stuff started getting out of hand and and people weren't questioning it, and we didn't really know anything about it at that time, right? So we're sitting there like, okay, you know, whatever. And I can get why people are questioning it. We've been going through this for four months, four months now. What are you talking about, Dwight Howard? Like you were saying, get better educated on the subject. And you look around at America, which makes up just over 4% of the world population. You got roughly, you know, 20 to 25% of the confirmed cases and the deaths. What the, what, I, don't, I don't get what people don't understand. And, and you're right, on the, even with the anti-Semitic remarks, it's like, dude, do some research. You have the internet right in front of you. Go on there. You can find out anything you want about the world. And, and to me, that's the frustrating part when we're seeing guys like Dwight Howard, seeing guys like Dwayne Wade, Stephen, Stephen Jackson was making such good progress in terms of what he was doing with the Black Lives Matter movement and, and how upset he was over George Floyd's passing and speaking out. And then you go and you ruin your entire message by, by saying something dumb the way he did. And you look at a guy like Dwight Howard now. You're like, OK, Dwight, yeah, you're good. You've had a good season on the court. Uh, your immaturity, that's something that's been talked about the entire time you've been in the NBA since, since you came in. And this shows why you're, you're, you're to me, and I'm going to say it, this, this is an idiotic thing to say. It's a dumb thing to say, and especially considering where we're at as a world right now. I don't know why the hell you would even want to even open yourself up to the criticism of saying something like that. And it's actively harmful, by the way. Mm -hmm. like, that's the thing about, you know, the stereotypes that were brought up by Stephen Jackson and Dwayne Wade. That is actively harmful against people of Jewish background, right? With 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 Jewish backgrounds, with with uh, this denial of science that is actively harmful at a time where we need to team up with scientists and get through this pandemic like that. It's not just like I hold all kinds of stupid opinions about sports, about food, about whatever. Right. I like the movie Avatar. It's not a particularly popular uh, <laughs> opinion to hold in 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 uh, in, in Internet circles. But it's not actively harmful. And, and with what uh, Dwight Howard is saying here, it is actively harmful to to not just like not just in this current situation, but, you know, families who don't vaccinate their kids. That leads to outbreaks of 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 diseases that we have had kind of under wraps and, and, and under control over the vast majority of, of our lifetimes, when people don't get their, their, their children vaccinated for some ill-informed belief, that opens up every other person around them. And yeah. here with Dwight Howard, when he says like, I don't believe in vaccinations, it's not just for this COVID where we're waiting for, we're, we're desperately waiting for a vaccination to this thing or a, a vaccine to this thing. But, and, and, and we're talking about Dwight Howard who has roughly you know, 27 kids out there somewhere, if none of them are vaccinated, that's a whole bunch of communities that are are put at risk because of his backwards beliefs. And and that's what, you know, while while people say like, well, why can't he hold an opinion that runs contrary to your own? He can he can disagree me with me on any number of things. Mm -hmm. Right. He can he could not like Hamilton. He can, you know, feel differently about his ability in the post like he can hold any number of opinions that he wants, but it's the opinions that are actively harmful to society 
that's where I draw the line and being anti-vaccination and being anti-science. And then in, in the previous cases with uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson and then Stephen Jackson and Dwayne Wade and Nick Cannon, that is, is actively harmful to another community at a time where all of these minority communities are looking for allies to stand up against a majority that has, uh, that has, uh, you know, misused uh, minorities over decades, right? We're all looking for allies. You can't go then and and be prejudiced against one of your potential allies, especially while you're asking for as many allies as you can possibly get. And yeah. so, like, where where I just kind of stand here is, this isn't this this isn't some harmless, you know, stupid joke. This isn't Dwight Howard ripping a fart during a, a video session. This is Dwight Howard echoing a sentiment to all kinds of people who are now going to roll with that sentiment because it's Dwight Howard saying it. This is him saying something that is actively harmful to a current predicament that we find ourselves as a nation and then moving forward to all kinds of people who sign a social contract that include that involves vaccinations. He can't just roll out there and say a bunch of dumb stuff while and 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 sounding so obviously undereducated on something, miseducated. He, if he, it's either under undereducated or miseducated, and if if you're still either of those things at this point, you've actively avoided proper education on the subject, and it's just it's just harmful to everybody around you. So, so like Dwight, it's great that you've had this incredible kind of. Uh, redemption story to this point in in the season and and you know I, I hope that it continues beyond this season but part of that redemption is going to be public education of your of your of yourself showing that you take steps to inform yourself on a subject that is so uh, damaging to your own reputation and then you know harmful to everybody around you Th this is not something that you can just get wrong and apologize for fecklessly you have to get this right. And and it's a real bummer to see him screw up this publicly and this nonchalantly too. He was just like, yeah, I don't believe in him. What? Where's your, yeah, where's yeah. your proof? Uh, Jesus. What? Yeah. What are we talking <laughs> about here? That's, uh, you know what? You hit the nail on the head, man. I, 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 if I had a, if I could send you a GIF, it would be, you know, the rock where he's standing up and clapping at the UFC event. That's the one I'd be sending you right now. Cause you, you kind of, <laughs> you, you were so right with what you said, because, um, it's at, at this point, and that's what I'm saying, what are we, you know, we're at a roughly 120, 125 days of, of dealing with this, and you haven't even bothered to read an in-depth article or, or, you know, educate yourself, like you said, on this subject. Um, I, I have no, no respect for you at this point, you know what I mean? And, and uh, it's, it's, it's stupid, stupid opinions and, and stupid remarks like that, like you mentioned. These guys have a lot of clout. They have a lot of influence. People out there in the world look at athletes and they look at politicians and they almost look at them for guidance on their life. And, and I think the way that it's being handled by certain people, I, the only good part about it, Anthony, though, at least it's exposing who the idiots and who the jackasses are in society, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've had fun just kind of blindly blocking a whole bunch of people who are agreeing with Dwight in the uh, Silver Screen Roll mentions. So it's been yeah. productive in that way. And it's making you feel good about yourself, and you're cutting out the BS out of your life. Um, let's yeah. talk some basketball. We'll uh, we'll do that after after a short break. All right, we are back. Uh, let's talk about on-court stuff now that we're both a little bit calmed down. After the break, we got, <laughs> got to take some deep breaths. <laughs> we're referring to Dwight's uh, stupid comments on vaccines and masks while he's in Orlando. Um, J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, 
no, looks like Rondo's going to be out for quite some time. And then you don't have, obviously, Avery Bradley, who opted out. Um, how do you think those two guys are going to fit in with the Lakers? Because I'm looking at it. I like what Waiters can bring. I think if he's, if, he's, if he's on a leash a bit with somebody like LeBron, who will call him out and kind of hold him accountable, I think he'll be able to, to kind of stay focused and do what he does that'll help the team, not just Dion Waiters. But I don't know how much I'm, I'm expecting from J.R. Smith. I, I don't know if he's going to get many minutes. Um, obviously, we know he can, he can hit the three, and he also does make some bonehead plays. But how do you think those guys are going to fit in with uh, Frank Vogel's rotations? Well, ideally, both guys were going to be like kind of 14th or 15th men on the roster. It was going to be essentially, you know, <laughs> it was essentially going to be, uh, you know, a break glass in case of emergency type situations for either guy. But then Rondo goes down, obviously, after Avery Bradley opts out. And Deion Waiters might be the best ball handler on the roster right now, you know, outside of maybe LeBron. Mm. Uh, so... And I'm just talking about just like sheer ability to dribble, right? Alex Caruso doesn't handle pressure all that well. Obviously, KCP isn't a point guard. Uh, LeBron, you know, is 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 good because he has size and he's very good at using his size uh, to ward off pressure. But you don't want him handling the ball every second of every play while he's out there. So, like, at some point, waiters might actually be called upon to just initiate offense. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm. It makes me a little nervous having to rely upon Dion Waiters in in any consistent way at this stage of his career without having seen him play in essentially a year, right? So that makes me a little nervous. I, I actually, I'm actually less nervous about J.R. Smith because he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. He's just going to, if he's ever, if he ever plays, he's just going to step out there onto the court go stand in the corner and offer some gravity and, and hit the occasional open three-pointer and then try to not be a complete disaster on defense. Yeah. So like, I, I just in terms of ease of role, I, I think I'm, I'm, I feel a little bit better about the J.R. Smith edition. Uh, but, but you know, it, it, all this said, if Waiters is in shape and if he can handle that role and, you know, if he does come in and just kind of, he, you know, he just comes in and, and runs the offense and and initiates some stuff and gets the Lakers into a rhythm while LeBron is sitting down. Then, you know, the Lakers made a, a really good signing here, and and especially at a time where they were kind of desperate to find anything. Uh, you know, Waiters was added before the hiatus, so they didn't know that he was going to step in and and have to play any kind of a role. But if he's able to play that role, and he has a lot riding on this too, by the way, if he doesn't. If he is a disaster for the Lakers, his career is kind of all but over. Yeah. So, you know, all of those things, I think J.R. Smith kind of sees the end of the road anyway. You know, I think he kind of sees a light at the end of the tunnel anyway for his career. So he kind of understands, hey, this is probably my last shot. I'm going to go out there, maybe hit a couple big three-pointers in a playoff run. Deion Waiters, on the other hand, is saying, I'm on my way out of the league if I don't show some kind of value here. And that you either going to find the best in waiters in that circumstance or the worst. And, and if the Lakers find the best, then they might have a pretty good player. Yeah. And and that's the interesting part about all this too. Like what the dynamics going on there, like you mentioned, and, and, uh, waiters might be looking at it like, hey, I can play myself into another, you know, couple of years or get a contract somewhere down the line. Of course, I wouldn't be surprised if like Catino Mobley, who's like, what, 50 some odd years old right now, gets a call to come out and play because we don't know how many <laughs> how many guys are going to are, are going to fall out. But yeah, I, I, see, I'm not as sold as you on on Smith. I just think that 
the way he plays and the way he he he's carried himself, I just don't know if he's going to get that much time on uh, on this on this team. And I think you're going to probably look at um, and we got to look at little things like okay, the guys aren't traveling, and and for the most part, I think they have one back to back each uh, each team does. But the, other than that, they're playing every second day, so you're not really having to deal with the wear and tear of uh, of traveling time. You know the 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 time zones and, and having to shift around your your body clock so I think you're going to see smaller rotations you know what I mean I think you're going to get guys who are who are uh, coaches who are basically in a role with eight eight players and and this won't happen I think during the regular season while well, the last eight games for the Lakers because they um they don't really like it's not I don't this is not a big deal for them you know what I mean I mean they're they're going to get the number one seed they'll go into the playoffs as the, as the one seed in the west and then I think in the playoffs you're probably looking at uh, at eight guys who do you think will be the I mean obviously you got AD LeBron um, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, these guys are going to get their, these guys are going to get their time. Who else do you see? Let's just say if you have to go with eight, how, how would you have your rotation if you were Frank Vogel? Well, so your rotation obviously, ex- you know, really minimizes come playoff time anyway. So yeah. you're going to get more LeBron minutes and then that kind of mitigates against having to rely on Deion Waiters. Uh, so that, that's going to be beneficial. It's going to be interesting to see if Vogel tries out Deion Waiters or tries to play Quinn Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Waiters has more size, which makes him a little bit more switchable and therefore, you know, potentially less uh, dangerous, you know, given the situation. But who knows? You know, Vogel is, it has has his decisions ahead of him there anyway. But so I'm looking at I'm looking at LeBron, AD. You said Kuzma. You said uh, I. You know, Dwight's going to be in there. Danny Green is five. Caruso, KCP, and then it just kind of comes down to that eighth player. Yeah. And, you know, is it is it Markeith Morris? Is it I, I actually probably would say it's probably going to be Markeith Morris. And then with the sprinkling of Dion Waiters, depending on situation, J.R. Smith, depending on situation, Quinn Cook, depending on situation. And then whenever Rondo comes back, Vogel says that he wants to be able to resume some form of a role for Rondo. So you know who who loses out? Just wait. I, I would imagine that means Waiters loses out on his role completely, unless he completely you know takes the world by storm. Smith minutes, I think, are still going to be there because his role is just basically like, hey, for this two minute stretch in the first half, and then this two minute stretch in the second half, just go out there and free up the offense for LeBron and and Anthony Davis pick and rolls. Uh, so, but but overall, I think they have they still, despite the injuries and. And some of the 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 opt outs and the concerns here, uh, they still have a decent eight man rotation. It's just yeah. add, <laughs> you can't start losing many more of that rotation without starting to get pretty nervous. Well, you know, as you, when you mentioned, I don't want to cut you off there, but I was like, I don't want to see Quinn Cook play a damn minute during this this whole thing. <laughs> he has been a, he has been a terrible fit. He was terrible before. Uh, the shutdown. He, I, you know, he was bought in to be, and he he had some good games when he was with the Warriors, right? And like, I mean, oh, he could he could fill it up and and hit some threes, but I just haven't seen enough from him that I I I want to see Cook get a lot of run. I just I don't like his game. But Caruso is one guy I want to see get get more time. And you've seen the stats too with uh, you know, how good the net rating is with LeBron and Caruso at the at the same time uh, on the court. So I would like to see him get some more minutes. But when I do look at it, I mean, you know, we got guys like Javale McGee. Uh, obviously, Kaycock and and Costas probably ain't going to get much run. They'll be they'll probably be in street clothes for the most part. Jared Dudley, uh, same type of thing. But I think the Lakers do do have the advantage in in Orlando over other teams because they can give you some different looks. Now there might be a, a huge drop off when you're looking at yeah we're going to go from uh, Kyle Kuzma and we're going to put um, you know uh, 
let's go back to him, Quinn Cook into the game. You know, you know what I mean? And I think you're going to lose. Uh, the Lakers do have an advantage in the sense that they have a bunch of different options. Whereas, yeah. I mean, the Clippers are, Clippers are very deep as well. Uh, Denver's got six, seven, you know, legit guys. But I think, you know, and again, we don't know what the, because I'm expecting the unexpected in, in, in Orlando. I think one team, uh, you know, like a, a lower seed, like a seven, eight seed might be able to pull off an upset this time because it's just unprecedented circumstances. But I think one thing the Lakers will avoid, and I think they're going to ultimately end up playing the Clippers in the in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I, I think it's their it's their depth and they're, they're the fact that they do have, you know, 10, 11 guys and different options that they can go to. Now, all of them aren't great, but you're just hoping that one guy can play, have a good game that one time. And then it could be a different player that in the next outing. And I think that's where the Lakers have a bit of an advantage. Yeah, it's so Vogel basically has two approaches. He can, you know, in filling out the back end of his rotation, he can basically say, all right, what makes us a generally better team? You know, which player makes us a generally better team? Not Quinn Or Cook. do you I just play this? <laughs> uh, fair. But so which player situationally makes us a better team in that moment? Right. So. In baseball, before like the last, I would say, seven years or so, uh, you would have managers basically fill out their their uh, bullpen with a bunch of pitchers who would generally make their uh, bullpen better, right? Uh, but over the last like seven years or so, you've seen managers fill their bullpen with a bunch of specialists who would come in and you know get this left-handed hitter and this right-handed hitter and and you would see these you know six seven eight innings extend to like three hours long because of all of the substitutions and the pitching changes that you would see uh, because of the situational approach that managers were filling their bullpen out with and i'm interested to see does vogel basically say I'm going to stick with a rotation that makes us a generally better team, or am I going to have a seven-man rotation or an eight-man rotation, and then from that point on, fill the remaining minutes out with completely situational players that make us better in that situation? I don't think basketball is like baseball in that you can just like stop the action, bring in the pitcher that you want, and then resume the action after that pitcher is done. Basketball has a flow to it. It has a rhythm to it. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to do that. But given the type of way that this roster is put together, I could also see arguments for, no, like in this situation, we need to de-gummify the, the offense. Let's bring in J.R. Smith. Let's bring in DR, Deion, Deion Waiters to see if we can just rip off a cheap 6-0 run here, right? Or yeah. let's stick with let's stick with a more defensive-minded uh, lineup that doesn't screw up the work that our best lineup did to get us a lead in the first place. So I'm, I'm interested to see how Vogel handles that. To this point, to his credit, he's mostly called up the right number, and, and I'm hoping that continues moving forward. Yeah, he's done a great job. He did a great job of even before the uh, before the shutdown. That was one thing I was I was really really impressed by. I did think the Lakers would get off to a bit of a slower start because um, you know bringing in AD and they had all these moving parts filling out the roster. But I, I think he's done a great job of it. And I also think let's be real, LeBron is basically a player coach too. You know what I mean? So he he has a lot of say in 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 what happens with it. But uh, yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with Frank Vogel, and I think that that's going to be kind of. The, the key for, for any team that's going to be successful in the bubble is adapting, right? I mean, you see what happened with the Sac Sacramento Kings. Their 
team has been ravaged by the coronavirus stuff. And it's like, okay, how are you, how is Luke Walton going to, well, we've seen how Luke Walton adapts and let's be honest, he doesn't right? <laughs> from his, uh, from his tenure with the Lakers. But uh, when you look at, when you look at, at uh, just your opinion on it, I mean, if you were an NBA coach, how would you kind of approach this in, in terms of, would you just be like, look, it's just basketball. We got to go out there and play and got to win a game. Or do, do you kind of take all these little things into consideration that we're seeing happening um, around the world right now? And especially in the bubble, if something goes wrong, like how is Frank Vogel going to handle it? If two players end up testing positive for coronavirus. I mean, you know, the poor Kings, like they were ravaged by Vlade Divots before they got into the bubble and then yeah, were, yeah. were again hit hard by COVID. But I, I think, I think if I was if I was a coach or if I was a leader on one of these teams, more importantly than just like adapting to, you know, just just like kind of ideologically adapting to whatever situation, I think it's really important here. And the best coaches and the best leaders that are going to be able to handle this the best are going to be the, the ones that that really pay close attention to their uh to the team you know to the to the role players like some guys are accustomed to after a tough game going home being able to see their family turn their brain off for a while reset and then come back ready to try to help their team the next game that's not really an option in the bubble you know so how do the how do the coaches how do the the, the leaders on that roster deal with that do they try to step in as a sort of family do they try to walk that player through coping with that tough game or do they recognize that player is more used to handling this on their own anyway so let's see how they handle it on their own and and try to show support uh whenever they need it who knows i this is this is like you said anything can really happen in this bubble because of how you unique a situation this is and those coaches and those leaders and the captains on on all of these teams the superstars they already usually carry a gigantic burden heading into the playoffs but i think this year more than any other year because of how isolated all these teams are those superstars those coaches uh those organizations are really going to be tasked with keeping a close eye on the situation and then understanding how to adapt depending on whatever it is player X needs, depending on that situation. You saw the Danny Green, Stephen A. Smith thing? I didn't. I saw the headline and I meant to click on it, but uh, but no, I, I never got around uh, to watching it. it. It The headline itself was great, right? Like, it was yeah. like Danny Green and Stephen A. Smith talk sex in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Harrison put that. I mean, we saw that up there earlier and I was laughing my, uh, you know, what up. But um <laughs> I agree with Stephen A. Smith, man. He's talking about, like, how hard is it going to be? Like, okay, some of the guys will get their families being able to join them in, in a few weeks and their wives and, and, and kids and whatnot. But the single dudes, like, how long are they going to be able to stay without, you know, getting some? Let's be honest. How do you think that's going to be an issue at some point? <laughs> I mean, look, I asked somebody who has been with my now wife for more than half of her life. I think Jen and I were kind of laughing at that the other day that – She's, I think, 32 years old, and, and we've been together for 16 years now. Yeah. Um, I can't really relate to the idea that, like, you know, <laughs> sex could be uh, uh, an issue because, you know, compared to, like, their day-to-day -day life. At this point, I'm married, and other married people can uh, uh, can speak to 
you get it when you possibly can and you understand that going stretches without it is just kind of part of the game. Yeah. But uh but for the single look for NBA players, right? Even like bench warmers. You're talking about millionaires mm-hmm. who are in the prime of their life, mostly good-looking guys who had, you know, especially Lakers, right? Like if anybody puts on their profile, I play for the Lakers, I would imagine there are all kinds of there's there's all kind of interest there. So like going from that to now, I guess I'm shotgunning beers with Myers Leonard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I could see that being kind of disappointing, right? Like you go from you go from like Instagram models sliding in your DMs all the time to you know Jordan Clarkson hitting you up to work on your shotgunning technique. I, I could see why that's I could see why that would be kind of a bummer. Well, yeah, listen, I'm a single dude, man. I don't want to be sitting around in a, in a bubble and I don't, I'm not an NBA player, not even close to it, obviously, but I don't want to be sitting around in a, in a bubble and, and having the only really form of entertainment around me is just a bunch of other dudes who want to talk about basketball. I and mean, I don't want to do that either. And it was funny because I was asking uh, Devonte Kaycock when he was on a couple of weeks ago and I go, you think people are going to get annoyed of each other there? And he's like, oh, I'm sure you're going to have some of that. Like, can you imagine just being around the same people all that you know, and it's not like it's your family where it's a different, you know, different dynamic. It's like a bunch of people you might play with and, and whatever. But if you're around them all day, every day, you know, in, in L.A., they go to practice, they check in, they might travel together. But they do their own thing for the most part here. It's like you're just going to be in people's face all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's no escaping it to a certain extent, you know, and well, and even even if you try to escape it. Right. And you just kind of isolate yourself in your room for a while. Your teammates are going to notice that. So. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be there's going to be questions asked about that, too. Uh, and that's just where that's where, you know, communication really becomes important. Right. Like, you know, for for you and I. Right. We do the show together on a mostly weekly basis. And if we say like, all right, Anthony, you're 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 speaking for way too long at a time. You know, it takes communication to improve that situation there. And for these guys who are stuck in the bubble together it's going to take somebody saying like hey guys it's nothing against any of you i'm just not used to this level of interaction with my teammates and i'm just gonna go hang in my room tonight and most guys are gonna probably find that like all right you know most guys are just gonna say all right cool you know maybe i'll see you on twitch or maybe i'll play a video game or something with you or whatever um and and every so often, you know, maybe a, a team captain, maybe LeBron will put his foot down and say, no, we're celebrating Taco Tuesday with my weird like Chalupa looking things. Yeah. And and <laughs> and, you know, this is the demand I'm making. And in that situation, the person who wants to get away is going to have to handle uh, that decision by LeBron. But for the most part, like these guys are all adults. It, Quinn Cook actually compared it to an AAU tournament, you know, that you go out yeah. and play and. You know, I grew up playing basketball myself, and those were some of my, like, at, now they didn't last three months, so that makes it a little different, but those were some of, like, my favorite times ever playing the sport was when we would go to Palm Springs or Santa Barbara or Vegas or you know, mm-hmm. San Diego and and play these tournaments where it's just you and your team, and you hang out in the hotel room uh, between games, you... The, it's it's basically you against the world because there aren't you know the typical fans that you have uh, in the stands when you're playing league games or anything like that. So, you know, it, I, I think personally there are aspects of this I would really look forward to, but 
there are all also aspects of this where where yeah, I mean, like I could I could see some guys being a bit much in such a large sample of interaction and how people handle that is is going to be interesting to watch. I hope they televise the whole damn thing. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I want all of it. <laughs> the funny part is, I was like, I was actually looked it up on uh, on sports books to see if there is any odds on will a player bring a woman into the bubble, and if there was, if there is, I am taking it. I will put my life savings on it. Somebody, and I don't think it'll be from one of the contending teams. Somebody will be like, screw this, I'm 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 done with this. I can't go another I can't go another day without it, and they'll bring in one of their. Uh, I don't want to use the word, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Dwight has already denied science, so it wouldn't. Yeah, think, you know, <laughs> Dwight got in trouble for doing something dumb. Yeah, he's he's the king of dumb things. That's why he's he's struggled to even uh, on court. Yeah, he's been okay, but off the court, he's he's struggled to maintain a good reputation for his stupidity throughout the uh, throughout his career. But you know what? The good news is, like you mentioned earlier, man. Next week, we're going to start to talk real basketball again. We're going to start getting everything in the flow of it, and we're going to kind of see how these guys are playing and 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 how things are going for them during the uh during the uh the scrimmage game so that's that's going to be fun for us to talk about uh stay safe over there in texas my man i know things are going crazy over there just like they are over here but hopefully everything goes off without a hitch and we'll be talking basketball from here on in i can't wait man i can't wait to watch actual basketball i can't wait to to get back to talking basketball like i since you and i basically got started on this podcast together we haven't talked basketball so yeah. I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to, to how we handle that yeah, we'll be, it'll be fun, man, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into more crap talking, and I'm sure, like I said, we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably have some more stupid things. Judging by the last four months and how things have went in this country, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to have to talk about more stupidity, too, as we, as we go down the line. But uh, we'll connect again next week, man. Yeah, I, I can't avoid stupidity. It's, it's, it just kind of comes with my territory. <laughs> I, think, well, I think we're all in the same boat at this point, man. All right, that's, uh, that's Anthony Irwin. Uh, don't forget as well, you know what, real basketball just around the corner. The Lakers play the Clippers on July the 30th to kick things off for their schedule. Uh, during that time, you want to be listening to our podcast network. we got new stuff coming out pretty much all every weekday. Um, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And, of course, Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, the entire crew at SilverScreenRoll.com will have you covered throughout the NBA's restart. That does it for this episode. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.